This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Your radio doctor does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on your radio doctor. Always consult your own physician. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When Recovery Centers of America at Devon opened its campuses on the main line and in South Jersey, they offered a new approach, local addiction treatment led by an expert, caring team of professionals. RCA has since helped thousands and leads the way in innovative programs and exceptional inpatient and outpatient care, all in a beautiful setting that allows for healing and recovery. RCA answers the phone and admits patients 24-7, 365, including the holidays. All admitted patients and staff are routinely tested for COVID-19. Call now at 1-888-RECOVERY. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. It's time for the Delaware Valley's first radio doctor. On call every Sunday morning at 10. This is your radio doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross. Listen, seven months or 10 months is an absolutely exceptional, exceptionally short time frame to produce this vaccine. Your health determines your life, your longevity, and your happiness. Let your radio doctor lead the way with your medical education. Your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Good morning on this last Sunday of the summer. Thank you for joining us here on Your Radio Doctor. I'm your host, Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Labor Day weekend, it's always bittersweet. We look forward to the three-day weekend with the best weather of the season. But for kids, it means back to pencils, back to books, and back to teachers' caring looks. <laughs> Last week, we learned life-saving information about fire prevention and personal safety and had such great feedback, we decided to air the same program this way. Take it away. Joining us are two very special guests. From the Lower Marion Fire Department, our first guest is Deputy Fire Marshal and Training Officer Matt McGuire. He's held the position since 1990 and assists in enforcement of all local fire safety regulations and developing the fire department training programs, as well as inspecting buildings, investigating origins of fire, and renewing construction plans. Welcome, Matt. We're so grateful that you're here today. Oh, it's good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So let's begin. Most of us will never have to live through a house fire. But it's vitally important to be prepared because fire, as I understand, is the single most common disaster across the nation. So we should talk about prevention, maybe what to do if a fire starts, and then finally, what to do once the fire's over. Yeah, prevention is the key. And unfortunately, in America especially, we don't take it very seriously. Um, a lot of times we see things on the news and, and it's a couple minutes on the news and, and that's it. You know, it happens to somebody else. But fires occur every day in our own communities, and people really just don't pay attention and don't plan on things. And there's some very simple things that we can do to help make us a lot safer in our own homes. Um, and, and as you said, prevention is the key, and smoke detectors are very, very, very important. Uh, if something does occur, if you do have a fire that occurs in your house, you want to make sure you have smoke detectors in your home to give you early warning so that you can either handle the incident before it gets out of control or to alert you enough to get you and your family out of the house before it does become a problem and cut, you, cut your escape off from your own home. And so, I guess, I'm sorry, go ahead, Matt. No, that, uh, smoke detectors, the code in Pennsylvania right now, the current code is 
you should have one smoke detector on each level of your house, mm-hmm. one outside each sleeping area, and they could be the same ones, and you should have one inside each bedroom. And a lot of people kind of think that's a little silly, but think of all the electronics and, and things that might, and candles, you know, for setting the mood and stuff like that, things that might start a fire in our, in our bedrooms. We really should be protecting ourselves there as well. Do you ever um, tell uh, your classes, people listening, that they shouldn't leave um, the charger in the wall once you take the uh, cell phone off? Is that an issue? It's funny. uh, I I know some people who never leave any type of appliance plugged into the wall if they're not using it. They unplug them all the time. I have people who, who shut the water off to their washing machine when they're not using their clothes washer as well in case one of the hoses breaks keeps them from flooding their house, uh, which is a good idea when you think about it. Sure. And especially with younger people with phone chargers today and some of the failures we've seen in those where they'll take their phone, plug it in and throw it underneath their pillow in case someone calls them at nighttime. Yes. That's very dangerous because the phone actually can overheat and actually set their bed on fire with them sleeping right on top of it. So So, yeah, you should never really be doing that. Whenever you're charging anything, you should be up and awake. You should unplug it or disconnect it. Uh, from the charger when you're going to bed. If people learn nothing else from you today, that is so important. And unplug your toaster. And I know myself, I never go out of the house with an appliance on. Dishwasher, the dryer, I guess that's overkill, but not really. And Christmas trees as well. I mean, we know not to leave them lit while we're asleep or if we go out to do errands or uh, and water your tree every day. And the other thing, Matt, is carbon monoxide. That monitor does not take the place of a smoke alarm, right? It it does not take the place of a smoke alarm. Carbon dioxide is something completely different. It's a colorless, odorless gas. And unfortunately in Pennsylvania, we have uh, one of the higher rates of carbon dioxide poisonings and deaths every year. And something as simple as just purchasing and installing a carbon dioxide detector in our home, if we have any type of fuel burning appliance, a fireplace or wood stove, or an attached garage with an opening between the garage and the house, we should have carbon monoxide detectors. Sure. And test your smoke alarms once a month. Go ahead, spend a few dollars, replace the batteries, and teach your children what the sound of the alarm is so they recognize it. We have about a minute left, Matt. I know it's important to, for a family or anyone to have a plan with two ways to escape. Tell us a little about that, and we can continue after the break. Yeah, what you should have is two ways out of each room, and most of the time we're talking about our bedrooms because we're sleeping at nighttime, and that's when a large number of our fires do occur. And you should walk through what you should do if there's a fire in your house. And again, letting your children hear the alarms go off because most children until they're about 15, 16 years old will not wake up to the fire alarm. So it's gonna be the parents or the you know adults in the house that are gonna have to get the children up uh, because they really do not respond to those alarms. And you should show your children how the windows operate if they should have to go out the window. But if they have the proper protection with the proper number of smoke detectors in the proper places, they should never be in that position where they're having that go out of the window to save their own lives. Sure. Let's take a little break and we'll be right back with more on fire prevention. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, exclusively presented by Independence Blue Cross. If you have a question for the medical mailbag, just send a note to doctor at yourradiodoctor.net. And we're back with 
Deputy Fire Marshal Matt McGuire from Lower Marion. Matt, we were talking about the importance of having a plan. Practice it at least twice a year and include pets in the plan. You don't want uh, little children, once everybody's outside, to run in after a pet. Maybe keep your pets in their crates close to the door in case of emergencies that should crop up. Or if firefighters come into your house, then see them immediately. Tell us a little bit more about the plan to leave the house. Get out in two minutes and all those good points. Yeah, your, your plan should be simple. Uh, the simpler it is, the easier it is for everyone to follow it. Um, you should let your, uh, make sure your children know how to unlock a door if need be from the inside without the use of a key, uh, the way your, your locks are set up in your house. Mm. Uh, having a key stored somewhere uh, deters children in an emergency situation from getting to a safe location outside the house in a fire situation. Uh, as, in regards to pets, if they can't find their pet, they shouldn't be wasting any time. Uh, seconds count in an emergency where there's a fire involved, especially with the products in our homes today, which burn much more intensely and much faster than they used to be when, when you and I were children. Uh, the fires didn't burn quite as fast as they do today, again, because of the products in our home. We're more natural play products, and today most of the stuff we have is synthetic. So it's very, very important. We, are, we stress that with our families how important it is they hear that alarm they get up they get out as quickly as possible mm -hmm. and get to a safe location away from the house and it's important that everyone including children would know how to call 911 in an emergency and of course i remember even from my own grade school days stop drop and roll if uh, the fire should come nearby and and uh, I like that the stores now sell the flameless candles that take some of the risk out and remember to hide matches because children are fascinated by flames. So are, so are pets. You know, if yeah, you have a fireplace or, yeah, right? Yeah, there's been times in my career where I've investigated fires where a candle's been knocked over by a cat or a dog. Yep. Again, because they get attracted to it, especially cats and have started, you know, fires that way. Oh, well, I always remind everybody who cooks in my kitchen, kids or my husband, that when they're using the frying pan or whatever, that that handle is not sticking out and somebody doesn't just brush into it and knock it over and keep the uh, cooktop free of grease, all those little things that you have to remember. So tell me, if a fire does start, know how to use a fire extinguisher, never use an elevator. What other things would you tell people if the fire yeah. does start? Knowing how to handle a fire, and again, each person's going to be different because I know some people won't cook at home. They, they, they've taken the going out to dinner to, to a whole new level. But if you are cooking, you should make sure you have the lids handy for your pots and pans. So if a fire does start, the easiest thing to do is put the lid on the fire, turn the burner off, kind of, and, and, and let it cool down before you try to move it. You know, don't peek inside the pan because if you let the air in, the fire will flare up again. If you don't have the lids handy again, like you said, you should have a fire extinguisher. You should have fire extinguishers in your house anyway. An ABC multi-purpose extinguisher, they come in various sizes. Uh, they have some special type extinguishers. And again, if, if people have questions about that, they can contact their local fire department uh, to get more pointers on what type of fire extinguishers were to be available. And most of those extinguishers you could purchase at a, at a hardware store, Home Depot, you know, even Target and, and some of those Walmarts and stuff, you can find fire extinguishers there as well. Mm -hmm. now, worst case scenario, I always tell people, if you're not sure, just get a big box of baking soda, put it in your refrigerator. It's basically the same stuff that's inside some of the fire extinguishers. And if you get that cooking fire, that baking soda will be able to be sprinkled on or, or shaken onto the uh, fire and it'll extinguish the fire the same way a fire extinguisher would. Because cooking fires are the number one cause of house fires, right? In the United States, cooking is the number one cause of home fires, um, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of times, you know, people are cooking, we, and in our lives, we get very, very busy, especially if we have children. 
and we're making dinner for our family and we get tied up, we walk away, we're not paying attention. Um, all of our stoves and our, our cooking appliances usually have timers on them. It's a good idea to set that timer. If you're gonna be away from the kitchen, which you really shouldn't be doing, but if you're gonna be away, we have smartphones. Set a timer on your smartphone to remind you, you've got something on the stove or in the oven so that you know, you're not away from it for an extended period where then it becomes that problem. Mm -hmm. And if a fire does start and there's smoke, crawl low under the smoke. Isn't that something you always tell people? That's correct, especially the children. They know that it's it's funny. Uh, and even calling 911, the children get a lot of this in the schools. And sometimes, you know, you'll see the stories where a child is the one that called 911 and alerted to the authorities that there was mm -hmm. an emergency in their home, yeah. those types of things. Uh, I had a nine-year-old one time grabbing fire extinguisher in his house and his kitchen was well off. And uh, he actually extinguished a fire before we got there. I was a young firefighter at the time. Aww. And I remember the chief of the department kind of berating the child. You shouldn't have gone back in. I said, we should be giving him an application to join. Oh, he said, yeah. he does a better job than some of our people. And I guess you tell someone if they're in a room and they had planned to use a certain door as an exit, don't ever open a door with a warm handle because you're walking into or you're adding oxygen to the right. to the fire, yes? That's, that's correct. I mean, you, you want to feel the doors before you open them. Um, and even if they if, even if they don't feel that hot, they should open them slowly, check outside, make sure it's not a lot of smoke out there, especially if they have respiratory problems or something like that. Sure. And if they do have to go that way, uh, like as you said, you should be crawling low, stay as low as you can, put a towel or, or a washcloth or a hanky over your face to, to filter out some of the smoke particles. Uh, uh, hopefully it never comes to that point, but that can happen, uh, especially if they're traveling or something like that and they're in an unfamiliar place. Um, that's why they should be checking for exits and things like that when they are traveling for vacation. Well, plus, I guess if somebody lives in an apartment building, too, it's different than being in their own right. home. That has to be right. scary. And if you are trapped in a room, not every room would have access to water, but you'd wet a towel, put it at the base of the door to keep keep the yes. uh, smoke out of and your room and open a window and put something bright out to say, I'm in here. Yeah, oh. open the window um, as, as long as there's you know, not fire on the outside, too. I mean, it could be coming up from an apartment from below sure. or something like sure. that when you're a multifamily occupancy. Uh, but at the same time, they should be on their phone calling 911 to alert the authorities that, hey, I couldn't get out. I'm here. This is where I'm at. And give that information when the fire department arrives. They will assess that situation and, and they would become a priority at that point. Or, you know, the ways a lot of buildings are built today, they might be mm -hmm. safe there, as you said, if they just put that towel at the bottom of the door keep the smoke out and, mm -hmm. and stay away from it. So we're back to a little bit about the kitchen. I think I shared this story with you the other day. My dear sister and her husband, who's like a brother to me, lost their home uh, in a fire in uh, 1993 from a Pop-Tart. Her son very innocently put a Pop-Tart in and did not pull the toaster out. You know how a cabinet can hang over yeah. where you store the toaster? And the yeah. sparks went up and up went the house. It was a hot June day with a 2,000% humidity. It was like 93 okay. degrees. And it really it was a very efficient fire. And uh, they were so wonderful about accepting what happened because no one was injured. Uh, even still, a huge loss and, and big lesson for all of us. And, and that's the key. I mean, there's uh, unfortunately, in, 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 in the things that I've seen in my career, you know, it, it doesn't always happen where people make it out. Um, and if we do make it out, and we all have possessions that mean the world to us that could never be replaced, but again, it's just stuff, even pets, and I know that's tough, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pet person as well. Same. Uh, and, and they are part of the family, uh, but they're not worth our life. Right. Um, and and if, if we're outside the house, we stay out. We go to a neighbor's if we didn't make the call, we left our cell phone in there. 
you know, running in to get our insurance papers or to get our wallet or our purse or something is not worth our life. And uh, even and even when the fire's not. over, you don't dare go in until it's cleared by Matt McGuire or the fire marshal because well, my, normally I'm sorry, I was just normally, saying, my <laughs> sister went back in thinking it was done with the uh, firefighters and one of the firefighters felt a hot wall. So they had to call the uh, uh, fire right. engines back. So uh, lesson number 27 there, you know. Right, and, and normally when we're on a fire ground like that, we won't let uh, the occupants of the building back in until we're sure uh, that everything's okay. Right. And nowadays with our thermal imaging cameras and heat guns and things like that, we could make sure that the fire's completely out. And we also want to get the smoke and residual uh, gases out of that mm -hmm. house as well. Because even afterwards, there could, there could be burnt materials that'll off gas for days. So you really don't want to be going back in other than get a few necessities uh, and then come back in, in, a, in a day, the next day or whatever, when it's had time to really, really cool down and, and it's not off gassing at that point, which can, you know, not that it's going to kill us, but it, you know, it depends on our, sure. our health, I guess, exactly. at that point. It and, could. I, I mean, it's 2021. Do we have to remind people never smoke in bed? Next. Uh, it's, uh, it's, and, and, and I mean, come on. That's, we still get that, uh, not as much as we used to. And again, alcohol plays a little bit of a role in that. Sometimes people, you know, drinking you know, at home and smoking and, and, and being careless. Um, and, and with the storms we get these days, power outages and using, you know, you know candles, real candles, you know, to light their, their home up uh, where, when we could have battery operated candles or lanterns or something, flashlights, it would be much, much safer for us to use instead of a candle. And with, and with children too, there are lighters now that have child resistant features. So people should know that. Turn your portable heater off before you go to bed, right? Uh, yes, uh, and, and portable heaters should also uh, you see people using extension cords to try to use them. They should be plugged directly into an outlet. Unless you have an electrician certify that the, your extension cord will handle the amount of current that that heater is going to draw, that heater should be plugged directly into an outlet. It's the safest way to do it. And like you said, if you're not going to be around, you're going to bed, turn it off. And, and if you're having a barbecue and it starts to rain, don't bring the grill or anything like that into the house. Oh, Not a good and the idea. Turkey, turkey fryers oh. and things like that during the holidays, you know, it, it's, it, you're just asking for it. Yes, you know? yes. And, and, and hopefully you're insured. And, and, and fortunately, I guess, you know, for us, the, you know, our insurance companies pay off for stupidity sometimes. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, it's preventable. Most fires are preventable. Well, Matt, thank you for all your wisdom. I know you have so many other good things to share. I'll have to have you back another day, like label your fuse box and your gas and your water so that people who might come in to help you would know where they are. Thank yeah, you. Or, or if you have a broken pipe, you could shut it off yourself before it really has a chance to do any damage. Those types of things. Very good information. Well, God bless you for the work you do. You and police officers are the bravest people on the planet, and you keep so many people safe. And we thank you for being with us today and for all the beautiful work you do. Thank you. And, for, and thank you also for helping us get the message out. Fire safety is important. We don't think about it very often. God bless. Thanks. Today's edition of Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented exclusively by Independence Blue Cross, can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere, at your convenience. Just download the Odyssey app and search Your Radio Doctor. It's health education on demand. Welcome back to the second half of Your Radio Doctor. We've talked about fire prevention, and now we're switching gears to your personal safety in the community, at home, and at work. 
Joining us today is Officer Carl Harper from the Lower Marion Police Department. Welcome, Officer Harper. Thank you, Marianne, for having me. It's wonderful. Officer, the overriding theme is to be alert. Whether you're walking in the neighborhood, whether you're home alone, or the last one leaving work, always be alert and aware of the people around you and avoid those situations that put you at risk. Dark alleys, parking lots. Let's talk about all the things you share with your lectures. Okay. Uh, yeah, first of all, we're going to just uh, start off uh, just general safety in the home. Uh, a lot of people are working from home now, so uh, if you don't already have an alarm system, there's lots of other systems out there. There's ones that you can have uh, just cameras, you know, as a doorbell camera. Uh, many of them are connected to your cell phone, so you can even monitor those uh, while you are either away or at home to see if whoever is coming to your door. Uh, if you're going to be away, uh, lights on timers, uh, things like that, anything that makes it look like, like your home, all right, that you're not away. Uh, if you are going to be away, uh, it's also very helpful. A lot of police departments, my police department, offer what's called a vacation check. And you can tell us when you're going to be away, if anybody will be at your home, uh, if you'll have lights on timers, alarms, anything like that. And we will come check your home periodically while you're away. We just make sure doors are locked, nothing looks amiss. We don't enter your home. Uh, that way you have a little bit of peace of mind that your house is being watched uh, while you're away. That's a fantastic service. And you talk about being away. I'm not a social media person. I, I finally opened up an account just to promote the show and talk about our guests. But I notice on social media, people say, well, I'm going away on vacation next week. Why not just hang out a big sign in front of your house saying, my house is empty, right? And that's why, <laughs> be careful what you put on social media. Of course, you would hope people would realize that. How about when um, you're walking in the neighborhood, tips about um, all, travel with a friend and all those things. Right. So um, most people are going to have their phones on them anyway. So uh, even for a short trip, you know, walk around the neighborhood, something like that. Just keep your cell phone with you. Keep it handy. It's always just a good way to keep yourself uh, connected as far as like if you did need help or if you find someone else needs help, uh, that you can do that. Even if it's a short trip, you know, just uh, walk around the block. Just have that something with you. Uh, but don't get sucked into that phone, right? Uh, keep that situational awareness around you or about you. Um, don't be playing games on your phone, you know, so, you know, so you're not stepping out in the traffic when you're not supposed to. If you see people approaching, you're at least noticing them. Um, you know, you don't want to be so um, engrossed into your phone that you're not really paying attention to things around you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting that you advise people to look other people in the eye. I always thought no eye contact, don't draw attention, but your advice is so smart. Look people in the eye so they know you've seen them and you might remember them. Right. right. You, you're not you're not trying to intimidate them, per no. se. You're just kind of giving them the uh, the indication that, hey, I saw you. I noticed you. Uh, I, I am aware of my surroundings and, uh, you know, I am you know paying attention to what's going on around me. Mm -hmm. And I know you, you say to walk close to the curb so that you're not next to bushes or alleys where somebody might be hiding, that sort of thing. That makes sense. Um, and the, the cell phone, I was mentioned to you the other day that um, right at the intersection of Jefferson, there's uh, the traffic lights say you can now cross 11th Street, you can now cross Walnut Street or whatever it is. I thought it was because we live near a center for uh, the visually impaired, but it's also because people are walking. America's looking down. <laughs> They're looking at yes. texts and such. And this is saying, hey, the bus is about to go. Don't cross left to right. You know, 
whatever. Right. But, oh, yeah. And one of the other things that uh, we do in our own home is if somebody rings my doorbell, and I'm not sure, not everybody can have an alarm system, in the, you know, I, although there are more affordable, I pick up my cell phone and I have it open, ready to call 911 if I see somebody through the window that looks a little not so friendly. And the other thing we have, we made this pact a long time ago, if there ha- if a, an intruder were ever to come into our house and they're there and the phone rings and you want to give a signal to the caller, like, help, you can't say, there's an intruder here, you might have something ready to say, like, pick up some milk on your way home or have something that we know we only say that when you want the other person to call the police, right? Right, and uh, you know it's going to depend on if it's the right person. If someone who's not going to know that code, obviously, right. it won't mean anything to them. But if you do get a call uh, from somebody that is going to know that, um, just having it's like it's just a little bit of pre-planning um, doesn't have to be complicated. Doesn't have to be some really unusual sentence. It can be just something that you normally wouldn't talk about unless. Uh, you are, you know, you have this specific circumstance. Mm-hmm. So that way somebody knows something is wrong uh, and then maybe, they, you know, they can call the police for you and say, hey, I need you to check on this person. Yeah. And then we're going to go to the car because we want to reinforce sometimes try not to honk your horn. What good does that do? Other than if somebody's ready to crash into you, obviously, but don't do it to make a statement. Don't do it to show your anger and always lock your car doors I always lock my doors as soon as I get into the car and always lock your doors when you get out of the car. Yes. Yes. That's a good thing to kind of, it just, like I said, little things, a little bit of pre-planning, um, you know, have those, uh, most everybody has a remote for their cars anymore. Uh, you can, uh, unlock the doors as you're approaching. You don't have to do that uh, ahead of time or, um, as you get right up on the car. And as soon as you get into the car, you can lock the doors again using your own remote or just using the manual button. Uh, on the car itself. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what made me think of this at one point, but if you're walking toward your car, you think you're being followed, remember, click once, it opens only the driver's door. Click twice, maybe if you're nervous, it opens all the doors and it makes it easier for this unwanted friend to get into the car with you, right? So click once to let yourself in. Right. Uh, most cars are going to be like that. I think you can... Uh, change the settings a little bit on some cars. I think my wife has a newer car. You can change it to do all doors at one time uh, on the first click. Uh, most cars I think are gonna be just like yours says. I know mine does that. Uh, one click will just do the driver door and that way there's just a little less chance for anybody who does wanna to try to get in their car. Exactly. That's the only door that they can get to and, and you're ha- already in it. Mm-hmm. And how about if you have a flat tire? Um, now that that's kind of depends on the person. So if that's if you're not a person that can change your own tire for whatever reason, uh, just stay in your car, uh, stay out of traffic, uh, keep your doors locked. Uh, call if you have a service like AAA or some sort of uh, you know service you know tow provider that can come check your vehicle or fix it for you. You can do that, or you can uh, contact police. Uh, so at the very least, you have someone there. Sometimes we can do that for you. Um, but at least we're there and we know that you, uh, you'll be a little bit safer in, uh, until you have somebody that can help you out with the car. Mm-hmm. And again, if you think you're being followed and you're driving, you always, your go-to is? Um, if you can find any crowded public place is going to be good because most times the person who is following you like that day don't want attention. They don't want more uh, witnesses for anything they may try to do. So that is your first best bet because you're not always necessarily near a police station. Uh, Police station is good. We're always there. Uh, Fire stations, uh, 
ambulance stations. They are all places where uh, generally you're going to find people. But uh, in lieu of that, any good uh, you know, crowded public place uh, is going to be a little bit better for you because now you're amongst other witnesses potentially and someone is less likely to try something. Mm-hmm. And we all like to be the good Samaritan, but if you see another motorist whose car has broken down, don't stop and get out to help them. Make a phone call, maybe drive by, crack your window, say, can I call someone for you? But that's probably the safest way to approach helping somebody else, yes? Right, because uh, if they're, especially if they're in a bad spot, um, you know, just you parking in that same bad spot on the highway, we all, you know, everybody's driven, you know, 76, uh, not, no good places to stop on that road. So um, yeah. that's something you can just call, report it, uh, and let the professionals who handle that kind of stuff, either tow companies, fire police, let them handle it. Mm-hmm. And just real quickly, when you do venture on a road trip to a place with which you're not familiar, don't just depend on your app to say where to go because it might lead you into some not so safe areas. So have a general idea where you're going. And as you say, let's say you're you feel as though you're in danger. You don't know where the police stations and all are. I know whenever we go on a road trip, I always make sure I know where the hospitals are in case anybody gets sick. But it's not a bad idea to map out, especially if you're going to a, an area that's a little um, concerning, right? Know where mm-hmm. the police stations and all if you have trouble. I love that Lower Marion Police Department has the infant and toddler car seat program. Tell us about that a little. Yes, so uh, we have uh, one particular officer that is a certified installer for car seats, and if you, um, she's um, she works in our admin office, and she can at one of her many duties is the car seat. So you can just contact Lower Marion Police, uh, ask to make an appointment regarding the car seats, and uh, she'll call you back or by email or phone and uh, make an appointment. You can come right to the station. She'll come outside and she will either check it if you've already installed it and you want it checked or you need uh, like a complete installation. Uh, She can handle that for you and give you all the tips that you need to make sure that it stays secure in the car. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful because I came to Lower Marion to have mine done and that base of the car seat has to be inserted properly. And the other thing we wanted to talk about was while you're waiting for the bus or the train, Again, be alert. You can't always avoid isolated bus stops, but if you can, that's a good thing. And when you're on the bus or the train, keep your purse, your wallet on your lap. Don't put it on the seat next to you if you doze off or if somebody runs by and grabs it, right? Correct. Yeah, just kind of, you know, just like any other valuable, just keep it uh, close to you. If it's something you can stick in a pocket or under under a coat. Uh, that would be also very good, just kind of out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. Make it harder for the passerby. My dad used right. to put his money in his sock. Uh, and <laughs> and, and with your, if you're wearing a ring or a bracelet, bring put your jacket sleeve down, flip your ring so that the stones aren't facing out. Yes? I think that's a good right. one to say, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of, kind of the same long lines as the, as the purse. You know, out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't make it look any more flashy than it is. Um, you're just lowering the chances of someone wanting to take advantage of maybe taking whatever you have. Sure, exactly. They don't know if it's from the Cracker Jack box. Let's take a little break, and we'll be right back with Officer Harper. Thanks for listening to Your Radio Doctor with Dr. Marianne Ritchie, presented in part by Recovery Centers of America. When needed, call RCA 1-888-RECOVERY. 
in our final segment talking about your personal safety. Officer, we were talking about buses. Once you're on the bus, especially if it's off hours, try to sit as close to the operator as possible. Yes. And if there is somebody on the bus that makes you feel uncomfortable, don't be shy about changing your seat. You're not here to just not offend the other person. It's okay to be a little nervous and act on it. Yes. Correct. And that person doesn't necessarily know why you changed your seat. You know, if you're already up to the front, a little bit easier to escape if if necessary, regardless of the situation. You're also closer to the bus driver. All right. Um, but the fact that you change seats could be something completely benign to that person. They don't know. So don't worry about potentially offending anyone. You could maybe go up closer to ask the bus driver a question and then you just don't go back to your seat. You exactly. Know, you go somewhere a little bit closer. That's so. smart advice. Now, you might be the last person who leaves your office, but first of all, don't leave cash or valuables in the office or in your desk drawer. Tell us about some hints about safety in the office. Yeah, just like any public area, you know, if it's uh, depending on your business, you may have these uh, public areas where anybody could go to or the fact that, uh, you know, there's people that come into the buildings overnight uh, while you're not there. So you don't want to just leave things out and giving someone that opportunity to just, again, take advantage uh, of that. So anything that you deem of value, just don't leave it out in the open. Don't leave it in unsecured desks Mm -hmm. uh, or drawers or anything like that. And if you have to stay late, maybe another worker or security guard could walk out with you and in an elevator, be mindful of the distress alarm on the control panel. I think that's a brilliant thing that you added. And of course, if you're in a crowded elevator, depending where you work, be conscious of your purse. And, and, uh, and the other thing I love that you stress is report all suspicious persons and activities because you know your building or your security will keep a log. And if they see a pattern... The, it, no fact is too trivial. Yes. Tell us about that. Right. So you, let's say you see something uh, that you deem suspicious, but you think, oh, well, maybe the police don't need to know about this or they're not going to uh, deem it as mm-hmm. uh you know, severe as I do, it may be something that we're already investigating. Maybe we've had other reports of a similar instance, and now you have information that we need, something that we didn't get before. So uh, by all means, give us that information. If it's something that we don't know yet, that's fine. Uh, But you may be giving us critical information that we have yet to learn. Yes. And I... (laughs) I often think my, my uh, police department must think I'm Ethel Kravitz from Bewitched looking at her blinds. But when <laughs> when somebody knocks on my door, even if they're nice or whatever, I'll call the police department and say, you know what, I didn't hear that this um, project or this service would be coming through the neighborhood. Just wanted to let you of it. And they'll either confirm it or say thanks for the info. Now you're in the supermarket especially women with their purses. We don't want you to put your purse in the child seat and turn your head. How many times has that happened? Uh, we get reports like that uh, numerous times throughout the year. Uh, someone, you know, they leave their purse. It's generally open. Either the whole purse is gone or more likely what happens is maybe just the wallet is gone and they don't notice it until they go to pay for it or you know, pay for their items, uh, use the wallet because that person just took the wallet and, uh, the purse is still there. so. And it's uh, easy yeah, for them so. to get that, take that credit card. You can rack up thousands of dollars very quickly. I know that when I would turn to get a can of string beans off the shelf, I always had my hand on my child. And, of course, my older sisters would say, who would want to steal one of your kids? Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was a joke. But, and then we think about college students because 
young people are invincible, yes. And I know you tell them, don't prop doors open that, that are meant to be locked in the dorm. And again, find a, a safe place for your valuables at school. Know where those blue light phones are on campus. Right. Uh, whether it's an external door at your dorm, maybe your own dorm room, don't leave them out open. Again, you're just inviting that possibility that, you know, not everybody who goes to school, not, you know, it has, you know, everyone else's best interests in mind. So, um, you know, just limit your opportunity or someone else's opportunity to make you a victim by just keeping those doors shut, keep them locked, anything you deem of value, keep them in some sort of locked container hidden away, just away from eyes that may be looking for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And again, most campuses will offer to provide a security escort if you're going to the lab late at night and back to your dorm. Well, I want to give you a big thank you, Officer Carl Harper and the police and fire departments of Lower Marion, both who helped us with so much great information today. And really, police officers and firefighters across the country for your bravery, your dedication, and keeping us safe. Is there any website you would refer people to to have general information that we talked about today? Uh, for people in uh, Lower Marion, or if you want to look at our website in general, go to LowerMarion.org. Uh, go to the services section and look up police department. And from there, you can find uh, all sorts of other crime prevention information. Beautiful. Thank you again, Officer Carl Harper from Lower Marion Police Department. God bless you all. Thank you, Marianne. Thanks for having me. And now for your real champion. I call this segment a salute to the American worker. Labor Day, celebrated in cities and towns across the U.S. with parades, picnics, barbecues, firework displays, and other public gatherings. For many Americans, particularly children and young adults, it represents the end of summer and the start of back to school season. Labor Day, meant as an annual celebration of the American worker and his and her achievements, originated during one of the American labor history's most dismal chapters. According to History.com, in the late 1800s, at the height of the Industrial Revolution in our country, the average American worked 12-hour days, seven days a week, just to eke out a basic living. Despite restrictions in some states, children as young as five or six toiled in mills, factories, mines across the country, earning a fraction of their adult counterparts' wages. People of all ages faced unsafe working conditions, as manufacturing supplanted agriculture as the mainstay of American employment, labor unions organized and became more vocal, protesting poor conditions and negotiating better hours and pay. Labor Day pays tribute to the contributions of the American worker, became a national holiday in 1894. Many say Matthew McGuire, secretary of the Central Labor Union, first proposed the holiday. Maybe our first guest today, Deputy Fire Marshal Matt McGuire, is the great-grandson of the founder of Labor Day. This morning, you'll hear from Lower Marion's finest, Matt McGuire, and police officer Carl Harper. Both men will offer vitally important information that could save your life. These men and all firefighters and police officers should be recognized on Labor Day. Each time these men and women report for duty, they put their own lives on the line, never knowing what danger they'll face when they answer a call for a fire, a domestic dispute, a robbery. And by the way, many firefighters are still volunteer. And when we talk about selfless dedication, our entire country thanks all the men and women in the armed forces now and those who served in the past, with a special tribute to the 13 men and women who died last week in Afghanistan. 
We send our heartfelt love and prayers to the grieving families and friends they leave behind. Young adults just beginning their own lives who stood in harm's way to protect vulnerable people in a desperate situation, treating everyone with respect and dignity while also working to protect our safety and liberty. They make me proud to call myself an American. Today, we stand at another turning point in U.S. history, a time of national anxiety with COVID still looming, civil unrest, conflict abroad. Take a little time on Labor Day to think how each of us can work to make the world a better place, even if it's just a daily act of kindness. It's okay to have different opinions. If everyone in the room is thinking the same thing, then we're not thinking. What's important is to exchange ideas with respect. That's America. This Labor Day, take the pledge to work together because united we stand, divided we fall. Thank you for listening today and every Sunday. Listen again to all our shows on yourradiodoctor.com. Tune in next week when Dr. Rob O'Reilly from Children's Hospital of Philadelphia will discuss ear, nose, and throat conditions. And now, dance the afternoon away with the sounds of Sinatra. This is Dr. Mary and Richie, hoping you enjoy these final days of summer. And as your radio doctor, I'm here to remind you that your health is your wealth. Thanks for listening to your radio doctor, Dr. Marianne Ritchie, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.